0: this podcast is brought to you by bet online bet online the fastest easiest and safest way to bet on all things sports with march madness the masters and major league opening day right around the corner bet online has all the latest news scores and odds to help you win big the best part you'll receive 50 percent off welcome bonus with your first deposit head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code bluewire to receive your literal free money Plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast you're listening to in your ears right now. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. BLUEWIRE Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of That's What B Said. I'm one of your hosts at Breezy Clee, also known as Brie Russ, it's my name, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, I've got Miss Mollis over here, Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Brittany, how you doing?
0: Great, Brie, I missed you last week. I
1: missed you guys too, I'm, I'm ready, I'm back to throw you guys some alley-oops yeah. and guide this episode. Meredith is also joining us, Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Meredith, hello. So nice to have you back. I'm happy to be back, you guys. We've got a jam-packed show tonight. Uh, a lot of things to get into. There were some carryover topics that you ladies covered last week that I'm excited I get to be here for. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into some civil war amongst our fan bases. A little bit of Cavs talk because Miss Mollis was at the game last night and the Cavs won. So we got to get into that a little bit. And then we are going to dive into quite a few Browns topics here. Get into some combine chat. We have our own little competition. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up with some more Ask Me Anythings.
0: I like how you say we have our own little competition. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We we have our own,
1: that's what B said, combine. We might add to it depending on how this goes. We might make yes. it to
2: the second round. Yes, let's do it. We'll see how the scouts like... Uh... Like our numbers. Oh, they're going to like our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be
0: real impressed with our numbers. That's
1: right. We, we won't spoil it yet. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen. All right, guys. So last week, you guys were starting to talk about, um, in some Ask Me Anything, someone had asked about the three fan bases and what we call the Cleveland Civil War. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to talk about. Our thoughts on the fan bases and Meredith being more of an outsider to all of this. Want to get her perspective as well, because is this just a Cleveland thing or does this actually happen outside of Cleveland? So, Brittany, I know you have a very strong opinion on this. So I'm going to let you lead on this and I'll pipe in.
0: It's shocking that I would have a strong opinion on anything, <laughs> really. <What? laughs> That's why we have a podcast. Wow. Amazing. OK, So when somebody asked me this question, I was like, this is exactly what we need to talk about. Because it's been something that's been bugging me for years. Um, There is, there's very clearly, like, personalities of the fan bases, right? So you have the Browns, and we all kind of feel like, you know, family. Most of the time, you know, we're not. But even when we, like, fight about things, like, we still get along. Like, I would still defend even the worst of brown's twitter okay and then you have the Cavs, who you know after lebron left a lot of them sort of got quieter but you know when lebron was here they were very they're very dramatic bunch of people uh i remember that specifically and then you have the indians let me be very clear the indians are the reason the indians fans are the reason why this civil war exists can do you agree with this I actually do agree with that. Thank you. It,
1: you you kind of elaborated on it a little bit. And I think the Civil War part comes out. It's almost like... <laughs> who is the <laughs> most <say> dysfunctional <laughs> sometimes? In terms of like, oh, the Browns do something stupid or something happens. And it's like, Indians fans are mad at Browns fans for complaining about something. I mean, it is like the most bizarre thing that I've ever seen happen. And I'm trying to think of like an actual example of this but it's like it's a huge competition all the time sometimes amongst ineptitude
0: um all the time and you know the the franchises they take their turns on being the most dysfunctional on like a weekly basis too it's not like you know a year we just saw that happen yeah it's like every week somebody you know dan gilbert being an idiot jimmy haslam can't keep his nose out of anything and dolan ooh girl i don't even talk about him but like i think the whole reason that this even exists is because and i have a theory and like You know, there's no evidence to support it, but this is what I think. So, you know, in the 90s, the Indians were like super popular. You know, they got Jacobs Field and they had all these names and, you know, big hitter. You mean Ramirez and Jim Tomey and Albert Bell. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, it was a great time to be an Indian Went to the World Series a times. Yes. 95 and 97. It was a good time. Good time for us. And we had all those sellouts and we had, you know, they cultivated a very strong passionate following uh then the browns they disappeared for a while and i think like we as a city got so attached to the cleveland indians and you know rightfully so because they were so exciting to watch for such a long time but then the browns came back and let's be very clear about something everyone cleveland is and always will be a football town first and it's not a slight on you know the indians or the Cavs or anything but that's just the way it is right yes okay so when the Browns came back all that passion that people had for the Indians sort of went back to its original owner which is the Cleveland Browns I'm not saying that you like I I genuinely like all teams all three of them in their different you know ways people think I don't like the Indians but to be very honest I spend more time at Progressive Field than I do at the other two and it's not even close um, because it's it's just fun to be there. I love baseball. I did love baseball. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, did something change after a week? Sure, no. She's going to love it again. I'm the, I'm working my magic. I, I, we'll okay, so like the game
0: of baseball, it, I love it. Um, I don't like Major League Baseball as much as I used to, obviously. I don't like Cleveland Indians as much as I used to, but you know, baseball, that's That's a love that's never going to completely die for me because it's so ingrained in who I am and why, you know, I started talking about sports. But, um, yeah, so I think now that the Browns have have been back, everything else takes a back seat to them. And if you're, like, if the Browns are your number one team, you're like, oh, yeah, this great. It makes a lot of sense. I'm all for it. The Indians now have developed, the Indians fans have developed this, like, uh, like an inferior feeling yeah. you know what i mean so any kind of, like a complex yes so that's that's my theory i think it all started in the 90s you know when everything was great with the indians and then the browns came back and sort of ruined it and i just want to say why can't we all just get along like we are it's all the same city we all love the same teams why can't we just stop fighting guys
1: yeah and i think it was apparent do you remember do you remember when <laughs> This is like four years ago, but I'm acting like it was ages ago. Yeah, I'm way past eighty. The Cavs were really good, and we won the championship. That was in 2015. 16 was kind of when that started. Mm-hmm. The Indians went to the World Series in 16. Mm-hmm. The Browns were—they were. We're not going to talk about them, but. <laughs> they they didn't exist. What if in the Indians? <laughs> Hugh
2: Jackson driving the bus, <laughs> I'm baby. Sorry. But the
1: Indians and the Cavs were like crossing over from a season standpoint in that like early fall time period when Indians were playing fall baseball. The Cavs were kicking off their season. There was a moment in time, too, where the Cavs were getting their championship ring during the home opener. The Indians were playing playoff baseball. Like mm-hmm. The atmosphere was amazing. If the Browns would have been good at that same time period. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine what the city would have been like because it was was already electric, but it was almost as if there was this competition of like, oh, well, who's actually at the Indians playoff game? And anybody that's at the Cavs game for the home opener, like it was just like this huge competition of you had to show your loyalty and who your loyalty lied with and laid with whatever. (laughs) And. I just didn't understand like why can't we just be happy that we actually have two very relevant
0: teams? That's it. Like why why does it always have to be like a fight? You know, I I don't understand why There has to be this anger and I I say this it only seems to concentrate from one specific fan base I don't see you know, like Browns fans. We're so lost in our own little weird dramatic world that we don't notice most of the other things most of the time um Cavs fans I don't even know what to say about Cavs fans anymore like I'm, <laughs> they're they're a lot quieter or they're than still they fans be, right <laughs> like they're not they don't have that passion that they once did but like you know I still love them and, and they're great but um you know I feel like it, the, it's the Indians fans who nitpick at everything and Yeah, and I'm, I'm just gonna I'm, say
1: this because I I also like watching the Indians but I would say I'm probably more of a casual Indians watcher or I guess follower is maybe the better word for that Mm -hmm. because I do watch them but I'm not constantly eating up content from the Indians I'm not researching as much as I as I am for the Browns or even the Cavs and for whatever reason I just find it a little bit less entertaining or enjoyable from mm. my perspective so I would say knowing that I feel like I'm not welcome into that tribe circle mm-hmm. as no, much as sure. the ones are that are constantly following all the content reading all the articles that are put out yeah interviews post-game interviews like that to me it's number one there's a lot of games in mm-hmm. an entire baseball Too season many. so Too it's many. hard it's really yeah. hard to follow along with that. The Browns, it's easy to consume that content because it's mm-hmm. a 16-game season. The offseason's much longer. You can kind of keep up with it um, in a much easier manner. The Cavs, it's a little bit harder to keep up with because of the amount of games as well. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like it's easier to consume that level of content.
0: Yeah, and one more thing that I want to add on, you know, we talk about the ownership a lot of all three teams and how, like, dysfunctional they are. I think the Indians, where they lose me every time is you know when you look at dan gilbert and the Cavs, he he does a lot wrong there's no doubt about that uh you know the haslams they do a lot wrong there's no doubt about that but never once since these two have have been the owners have i ever felt like they've blamed the fans for anything it's never like well you know if you know the dolans for example you know uh Paul Dolan just received that award not too long ago at the Cleveland Sports Award. And he went out of his way to thank the fans who buy the sweets. okay? This is a problem. The Indians have created this culture, this disconnect with the fans. And that's where they lose me. And that's why, you know, when I, I talk about why I don't love the Indians the way I used to, that plays a, a giant part in why, because it's not about... I i applaud them for being able to you know stay competitive year after year that's great but these are the these are your customers okay these are you have to find ways to get them engaged to be friendly with them to make them want to come support you i think more than anything the Dolans fail at that every single time meredith was it like this in dc
2: So it's really interesting because, for one thing, um, Ted Leonsis is the owner of both the Wizards, the Mystics, and the Capitals. So you've got like one owner of two of the four major sports. Um, And then there was a point where I would say the hockey fans, the Capitals fans were very. I want to say, I kind of want to say snobby, but I was like in that group, so I don't want to call myself a snob. But there was this very. Like, if you don't understand our sport, you're not a real fan. Like, it was a very much like you need to live, eat, breathe hockey all the time. Otherwise, you're not a real fan. And I guess because at one point, the Capitals were the only good team in D.C. And so I think a lot of the longtime fans that had been following the team would get kind of irritated at the other, quote unquote, bandwagon fans of like, okay, you don't have anybody else to cheer for. So you're just hopping on hockey, but you don't understand the game, which, by the way. Absolutely ridiculous and stupid take. So there was a little bit of that for a while, um, but there wasn't really a lot of like headbutting amongst the different fan bases. Like there were people who were definitely one sport over the other. And it's, I wouldn't call it a Redskins town, but most towns, most cities that have an NFL team, that's like the number one. Like even when I lived in Nashville, the Titans never won. The Predators always won. It was still Titans town. But I think when it really started to end was when the players, they started to support each other. So in the Capitals run for the Stanley Cup in 2018, Nats players were at the game. They were in the locker room. They were constantly supporting them. And then in, in the same vein last year when the Washington Nationals were going for the World Series, you could see like Ovechkin was throwing out the first pitch, like John Carlson was in the stands, like when the athletes of the each team supports each other and does it very visibly, I think the fan bases kind of follow suit. And I don't know if I've really seen a lot of that in Cleveland. Like I think there was one one Browns game last year where I saw Larry Nance Jr. But, you know, I saw him around like the basement, like he wasn't anywhere where anyone but reporters and players would see him. So it wasn't really well known that Larry Nance had, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. had gone to the game. So it's 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 a very weird dynamic when you have the sports athletes that actually very overtly support each other. And then, like, even the Twitter accounts would, would be tweeting at each other, the Capitals and the Nationals Twitter accounts. Like, it was, like, a big family atmosphere and granted the Redskins are left by the wayside because everybody hates Dan Snyder and everything that he stands for but they still want I wouldn't say they necessarily want success for Dan Snyder but they want success for the Redskins and the Wizards because they want them to be a part of that as well so that kind of leads me to my theory with the Cleveland fans is that every fan base in this town has suffered in some way shape or form like Cavs fans have suffered their heartbreak with lebron leaving multiple times and losing to the warriors in the finals straight years in a row um you know the indians with losing game seven in the world series and just you know all the drama surrounding francisco lindor the browns just being bad so uh, you know every fan base has suffered in its own unique way and I almost feel like the fan bases themselves feel like when you talk about like your suffering as a Browns fan, that's going to diminish my suffering as an Indians fan. So like for example, like say I stub my toe and Brittany bumps her head and Bree jams her finger. Like we're all hurting, but we all hurt different ways. So if I say "ouch," I stub my toe, and then Brittany says, "But wait, what about me? I hit my head." And then Bree says, "But what about me? I I I stub my finger." Like that's what it feels like to me with with the different fan bases in Cleveland, where like everyone is hurting in a different way. And the minute someone talks about how they've suffered as a fan base, the other fan bases come back and say, well, no, we've suffered more. Stop diminishing our suffering. So that's kind of the theory that I had from, you know, from only being here for a few years and being in this city for the past three years. That's kind of the impression that I get that has kind of like caused this civil war amongst the fan bases, if that makes sense
0: you know what i think i think think you nailed it i feel like it's just a classic case of baseball fans being weird (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: it Yes. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Baseball fans are really weird. Like, there's no denying that at all. <laughs> yeah. They're like the kind of nerds that I don't like. Because they're like <laughs> the, they're the kind of nerds who, like, talk down to you. They get off at talking down to you. They're like intimidating. They're like condescending mm-hmm. like So, like, so you're saying they're, like, the type of nerds that are the smartest people in the room and they realize it and they want to make sure that everyone knows that they're the smartest person in yeah, the room? Yeah, but they're the smartest thing that nobody cares about. <laughs>
0: That's the problem. Like, if it were something interesting, I'd be like, hey, talk to me. I want to know everything about it. But I don't care about these things. Oh, so, you know, when I fire off a baseball tweet, which, I mean, I never do, but, like, once in a while I will. And I'll have, like, 20 Indians uh, fans in my mentions telling me how wrong I am. And it's just like, dude, this is Twitter. Okay, like, g- get a life. You're lecturing me about something that I literally don't care about. So that's baseball friends are weird
2: yeah well and you're allowed to have an opinion even if you're not a diehard indians fan no I you're not meredith no. that's the thing oh. Oh, <laughs> That's very me wrong meredith My that's bad, the guys. problem My that bad. is the
1: problem yeah you know what else is weird you guys tell me the Cavs won last night <laughs> <laughs> So we have to talk about it because the Cavs have won three out of the last four games. Yeah, they have. They went into overtime against a good Miami Heat team last night. Brittany actually happened mm-hmm. to be there at the yeah, game watching I her boo call in. Wow. My guy, Kevin Porter Jr., went off last night.
0: And yeah, Why don't you tell him the, the text so that you sent our group message this morning?
1: You know what? I kind of blacked out. I don't even remember what I said in the group text. Can you remind me? I was like... I woke up this morning What to time was this? Was
0: it like a five thirty in the morning? Oh, it might have been. <laughs> I have to find it now because I honestly I was like, Bree, do you have to hit me with this at like eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning? Like, I just woke up. You're right, it was aggressive. Let's see. We talked a lot today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got some photos in here that we're
0: gonna get. Oh to God, the photos. I can't <laughs> wait to tweet the photos. Okay, this is what happened it's six thirteen in the morning. This is what Bree Coming sends in hot. Me. Also, I like KPJ so much better than Colin, and I'm so happy he went off last night. Sorry, Britt. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You know what I was doing when I sent that text? What? I was actually running on the treadmill,
1: and I had a thought, and I, like, stopped, sent that tweet, sent that text (laughs) message to you, and then got back on the
0: treadmill. (laughs) You were like, I'm going to hurt Brittany's feelings at (laughs) 6.15. That's
1: amazing. Okay, so... I will also just say that I only watched the first half, so I didn't even get to see, like, the good part of the game because I was doing my other podcast. Mm -hmm. So I actually missed the entire second half of Kevin Porter Jr. going off. But I formed this opinion in my head a long time ago, and now that he finally, like, executed, because he's kind of had a a little bit of a slump heading Mm -hmm. into All-Star break... I was all in and I was like, he is the future. We, the Cavs are going to be good in a couple of years. We're going to go to the playoffs. I was like all back in on the Cavs train in a couple of years. And like, who are we going to draft? Who are we going to round this team out with? Is Kevin Love going to be traded? Like what's going to happen? So I don't want to slander Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, he is what he is. I feel like we know who Colin Sexton is now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kevin Porter Jr. has finally kind of gotten his, his light And I want to see more of him. That's all. Like, he's coming off the bench. Let's give him
0: maybe more of these moments. That's all. No, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, One of the things that stuck... I was on the Chase Down pod a couple weeks ago with Justin and Carter. One of the things that Carter said that really, like, stuck with me, and it makes a lot of sense, is that when Colin Sexton is bad, he's bad very loudly. Yes. So, you know, as Cavs fans, we sort of tend to get really excited about, you know, specific people doing well and get really down on specific people not doing well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, with Kevin Porter Jr., I really, like, I was so happy that they drafted him. I am a big fan of his. And, you know, if he is, if he's the the future, I'm all 100% on board with it. I had, everyone thinks that, you know, I'm Colin Sexton fan. I'm a Cavs fan first. 100%. 100%. So anything that they do, I just want them to, I don't want fans to get too excited on Kevin Port just yet, only because he's going to hit some rough patches too. And like I said, I feel like we get very excited and very down on people. Like, again, that's Cavs fans being a little dramatic, and it's a roller coaster, I get that. So, you know, just wait and see. I'm not saying that Colin Sexton is better than Kevin. I'm not saying either one of them is better than each other. I'd cheer for them both in their own ways. I was super excited to see him really shine last night. I think, you know, we've been waiting for that game specifically. I'm glad that we got it. And, you know, I hope for the best. I really like him a lot. You know, the other positive, I
1: think, from all of this, obviously with Beeline not working out and, just the weird things that went on at the beginning of the season with all the reports that came out and players not liking him and him being more of a college coach, which in all fairness, he was a college coach. So Mm -hmm. that just didn't translate to the NBA players and the guys on the team. Fine. It didn't work out. But it actually felt like the veterans on the team, the Tristan, Kevin Love, like they were actually supportive of their young players. And I feel like at the beginning of the season, that wasn't necessarily the case. They were almost Mm -hmm. like annoyed. Yeah. And there was this like divide within the For locker sure. room and, and not like a divide in the sense of they hated each other, but like just not meshing. Right. And, and it feels like they
0: are more of a team now we're regardless gotten, of think... winning
1: and losing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's because there were so many uncertainties like about the futures of like Tristan and Kevin Love specifically. You didn't know whether they were going to be here. You didn't know exactly how well or not well they were meshing with Beeline's, you know, fundamentals and all the college games. We had no idea how how bad it is or it was. Uh, I think now we're starting to get bits and pieces of that fed to us. And, you know, we're like, OK, it, it wasn't a good fit and that's fine. But now that, you know, Kevin Love is here and I think they're going to have a hard time getting rid of him, um, like even in the off season. Tristan I, I would love if they signed him to another contract but I don't think that that's what he wants so you know but they both have to ride out the end of the season and they know that now so I think now that Beeline's out they're going to try to make the best of it and you're seeing it they look like they're enjoying each other very much and that's that's awesome to see I agree
1: I actually have nothing else to say about the Cavs. Unless, Brittany, anything else from being at the game in person? It was a Monday night. So how many how many people were actually in attendance?
0: You know, for a Monday night in February, I, it didn't look that bad. This is my first game this year, okay? Um, and I went to maybe one or a couple last year. I don't know. My memory's foggy. I think I have dementia. But... I. <laughs> i really do that's not i shouldn't laugh about that but i kind of do um but no like attendance isn't great but there was a surprise they looked like a pretty good crowd for a monday night in february also this was my first time going since the renovations and have you two seen them i have haven't seen
2: oh my god meredith have you um no uh <gasps> which is kind of yeah it's really bad i actually i haven't been to a Cavs game since lebron was here Oh my gosh! Well, let me tell you, we should like plan something and go because
0: it is just—it's stunning what they did. Honestly, like I was blown away at how beautiful everything looks in there. So, kudos to them for that. Very impressive stuff.
2: I mean, the outside looks nice. I see the outside of it every day uh-huh. on my way to to and from work. Yeah, but... with the skyline's pretty. <laughs> yeah, so I like yeah. I'd like to see the inside of it. Yeah, go go, Dan Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> I stand Dan.
1: I stand Dan.
0: Well, (laughs) it's the next (laughs) T-shirt. Yeah, that'll sell one to me. (laughs) Just to Brittany. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Well, we got to get into our third team of of the evening, and that is the Browns. Is
2: this this the team that hit their head? Here we go.
1: (laughs) Well, as always, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it seems like every single week,
2: I don't know what, I don't know. Every
1: single week, there is something
0: to report out on. Which is good for us. Um, maybe not. We yeah, we were worried that like it was going to be boring in the off season. Remember that? When
2: We're like, oh gosh, what will we talk about? Is yeah. it ever boring in the off season though? <laughs> no. True. <laughs> I mean, this is my <laughs> third off season with the Browns, and um, yeah, there's never any shortage of storylines. Well, we true. got some more, you guys. But we're gonna
1: kick off with the good because our new GM Andrew Barry actually was featured on the Today Show. This morning um, for Black History Month, and they did a segment because he is the youngest GM in the NFL, and he is one of two Black GMs in the NFL. And they did a really nice, like five-minute interview um, on Andrew Berry. He discussed a lot of stuff. They talked about when he found out he got the job. That he touched on the Owen sixteen season and the record, and um, what his place was in that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good quotes and takeaways. I couldn't even believe how well spoken he was. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that, but I was blown away.
0: He's the kind of nerd that I want to listen to all day. Like I would hear if he wanted to talk to me about baseball, I would
2: sit in a chair. I'd pull up a chair and be like, "Go, Andrew. I'm sure tell he me would. everything you know. I mean, I'm sure he would. He would probably love the nerdy side of of baseball." Tell them what Mary Kay said about him today, Meredith. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Mary Kay um, on Cleveland Sports Radio today called Andrew Barry a football guy. Oh, um, did that and... set off a lot of alarms for the real <laughs> I mean, football guys? I So and, and here was the point that she was making. Um, you know, she had said that the biggest thing that the Sashi Brown era was missing was a football guy. And at the time, you know, Andrew Barry was player, like, VP of player personnel. Um, so I think that has more to do with drafting and talent scouting. Um, and he was very green. But then he goes out and he gets experience at other teams, like, especially with the Eagles. And then he comes back. And to Mary Kay, to her, that was him learning how to be a football guy he went to other football teams learned their systems learned how to you know scout players and learn how to run a front office and then he comes back and now with that experience she considers him a football guy I mean she also said that we may not know that you know we're going to find out this season if that's enough experience but at this point I think her exact quote was the Browns need a football guy and that guy is Andrew Barry Yeah, let's not forget he played
1: football in college. Yes. And And in high school. Yes. And he majored in economics and there's something else, but I literally took one economics class in college at Ohio State and I wanted to rip my eyes out. Right. I can't imagine. Like majoring in that subject. No, thank you. No,
2: thank you. And I, I bring up high school just because Bel Air, Maryland is a suburb of D.C., so... Home oh, oh, boy for go. me, hey. Yeah, Aww. so th- but no,
0: I think I really, I really liked how um, when they asked him about the zero and sixteen season, he didn't make any ex- like he didn't dance around the subject. Yeah, he didn't make any excuses. He explained what their strategy was, which was you know piling up on assets and draft picks and trying to build a foundation that would work in the long run. So it wasn't about you know short term success. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of fans, even to this day, really, they don't, they're not grasping it still. So, but after he said that, he was like, you know, but I understand that at the end of the day, it's all about wins. And, you know, the Browns are in a totally different spot now than they were. They're not, it's not the same strategy. It's not the same formula anymore. They have the pieces they need. You know, it's not a teardown operation like it was last time he was here. But I really like the way he answered that. I thought he explained it very well, and I hope that the Browns Dales were listening. Gosh, <laughs> I don't they know. Weren't.
1: They, they, they weren't. They were not listening. They were
0: not listening to that.
1: <laughs> no, they're still at John Dorsey's funeral.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> or they were at Swagger's. I don't know. They were oh, at someone's oh funeral. God.
2: <laughs> oh, that was what was. That? I, I should yeah. not have tweeted that picture. I'm. I just. Like I understand wanting to honor Swagger because we he was very loyal and he was you know very good dog. He was a good boy. But, uh,
0: yeah, he was very a good, good boy. boy. Just leave Wait, it. At did that. you? Can, we can't leave it at that though because I have something okay. else to say. About it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see the picture with? Okay, like Swagger was in the coffin. Uh huh. But then also Swagger Jr. Was, yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's the picture
2: I was talking about.
1: Yep. Yep. They took it down, right? They eventually took it down. They did. They
2: yeah, did take that I, one down yeah i mean nothing else to say about that yeah like i mean i get it like if you wanted the funeral to be open casket that's fine but that's not for everyone so if you're gonna post pictures on social media i feel like the casket should have been closed
0: first nobody wants to remember him like that that's what made me mad it's like um why yeah that was
2: such a sad picture
1: like i don't want
0: to remember him that way Part of it was
1: sad. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, exactly. It, the other part was... Oh. Yeah, disturbing. Disturbing. Right. So, anyway. Sorry about that. I, noticed, but I, I took us there. I took us there. All because of Dale. It's Dale's fault. See
0: what the Dales do. <laughs> they just... They...
1: Yeah. They, they derail everything. Well, speaking of Dales, you guys. Oh, goodness. This leads me into our next topic, which is really the bad and the ugly that came out today. And... I'm sure everybody at this point that's listening has kind of heard the drama that happened yesterday with uh, Tony Grossi and some of his derogatory statements that he made about Baker when he thought he was off of the air. But it turns out he was actually on the air, um, he got himself into a little bit of trouble today. And mm-hmm. turns out he was suspended. And it's obviously not the first time these that Tony Grossi and Baker Mayfield, like they don't have a great history when it comes to liking each other. Mm -hmm. There's a history there, bad blood, whatever you want to call it. So this was going around Brown's Twitter today. And surprisingly enough, it kind of brought out a divide within the fan base again. And for the most part, it, it has always felt like the Brown's fans are tougher when it comes to beat reporters across all of Brown's media um, Tony Grossi being one of them. But I would say we're hard on all of the reporters. MKC yeah. is another one that gets picked on a lot. And people were defending Baker Mayfield. I I was one of them. And it was very interesting because there were a lot of people who were not defending Baker Mayfield, saying that he deserved to be called that, that there's no excuse for the way that he played last year. He's not a good quarterback. He threw too many interceptions. And I was very, very surprised at how quick people were to turn on Baker Mayfield after being the quarterback for one and a half seasons.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's not just, like, I feel like poor Baker, right? This dude, he can't do anything right anymore. And they say, oh, winning fixes everything. Does it, though? Because he was winning, you know, in his rookie
2: season and here we are right now and i well i mean that's it, what it, that's you you hit the nail on the head right right there when with, with right now because he did not end the season that well it like wasn't he, his fault though i mean like I mean, you said you, you talk yeah. about
0: interceptions and yeah, how no, you're right. were like, like you yeah know, no you're right it and... wasn't his
2: fault but i think but i i don't think people really like i mean at this point you know freddie kitchens is just a distant memory like he's just a bad dream that we woke up from and we hardly remember him But, you know, people remember Baker and the 21 interceptions and they just remember a lot of the, you know, the misses from OBJ, the overthrows, the just, you know, not reading the field, you know, the way you expect Baker Mayfield to. And I think that's, you know, it's the most recent that they remember. So if this was at the end of um, the 2018 season, not the end of the 2019 season, it would be a completely different story. I think it would be 100 percent pro baker but because baker had such a unproductive season in 2019 i think that's what caused people to turn so quickly i feel like they turned after
0: the first game yeah like a lot of them started turning and they're you know after the first game we heard well he shouldn't have been making commercials in the season like these are the people that are now you know turning they they find any opportunity any slip up or even if he doesn't slip up when he did that interview um when they were at in Miami at, at the Super Bowl, and he was on, what show was that? It wasn't Get Up. Take. Get Up, that was it. And he did a great job. Like, I I watched that, and, and it felt like I was watching somebody who was growing and maturing, and he's finally learning that, you know, you don't have to be this brash personality all the time. Um, I thought he carried himself really well on that, and even after that, there were people that were like, oh, he's so unprofessional. He, you know, the thing with Rex Ryan and the foot, and. It, it got so blown out of proportion i think there is a section of this fan base who just wants him to fail no matter what and what just so they can say that they were right because you know clearly that's the most important thing yes. to anyone ever is just being right
1: and i think that's part of what rubs me the wrong way because there are even people in the media who haven't been a fan of baker even from the draft which is fine like you didn't have to want baker mayfield in the draft Mm -hmm. Totally fine. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. But the reality is he is our quarterback. And in order for the Browns to be successful, we have to want Baker to succeed. So at Mm -hmm. this point, it feels really counterintuitive to not accept that he is the quarterback. And I think he's on his third offensive coordinator in his going into his third season. He's on his fourth head coach. Like, that's huge. And we have to acknowledge that that amount of change isn't going to benefit any quarterback in the league. And I think regardless if it was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, it doesn't matter. Like, they all would have struggled going through what Baker Mayfield was going through. And to be quite frank, I would rather have Baker Mayfield based on how he works, his work ethic, his attitude, his approach to the game in Mm. this position than any other guy. And I'm going to ride with him. And I think with Stefanski and Barry and the new coaching staff, Nothing is a given. I understand that. But it can't right. be worse than last year. It cannot Absolutely. be worse than last year.
2: Be careful. Be careful. Because people said it couldn't be any worse than the 0-16 season. And then somehow 6-10 and 10 was worse than 0-16. For so it many other reasons. I mean, like,
0: yeah. It felt, it felt like it was worse. But, you know, for different reasons. But I think, you know, the important... One of the things that stuck out about to, what happened today was you know Rizzo was saying they were naming off all these quarterbacks that the Browns missed on and like you said Bree there's a group of people that are so stuck on you know what we didn't get and what we passed over and like they're obsessed with living in the past and things um that they can't they can't they never did really accept Except Baker him. Mayfield for being who he is and that sucks it's unfortunate you should want your quarterback to do well you should you should I mean hello Deshaun Kaiser, number one cheerleader right here. He was terrible. But every week I woke up, every Sunday I woke up and I'm like, yeah, guys, we're going to win today. Woo, Deshaun. Because, you know, that's, you got to rally around what you got. You can't be stuck on the Carson Wentzes and the, you know, the Mahomes. That's not ours. Get over it. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. And so many other teams passed on some of those same quarterbacks too. I mean, I get it. Like, we want to feel bad for ourselves all the time and understand, like, what could have been, but the reality is we haven't had a stable organization or coaching staff to build around any team. So now Mm -hmm. we finally have a roster that we feel good about. I mean, a decent roster. There's a lot of holes that we need to fill and a lot of depth we need to fill. Mm -hmm. Offensive line um, being one of them and a very big reason that we need to win there in order to have a successful next year, Baker included. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think, like, it is what it is. And this is who we have. And I'm going to support Baker Mayfield. And I think what you spoke about earlier, Brittany, he was on Get Up, And I think his mindset and approach was, I don't need to respond to these things anymore because it's not actually helping the team. And it'll be really, really interesting to see if there's anything that comes out of this or if he will just lay low, not respond to it, and move on. Because I do think he learned a lot this past year based on kind of the ups and downs of everything that happened off
2: the field
0: yeah i would love if baker mayfield said nothing at all about this
2: yeah that would be the absolute smartest thing for him to do um and i think 100 i i thought someone had asked him about it i don't know maybe i'm like maybe i'm like in the mandela effect and this is like in an alternate timeline where someone asked him and he had no comment but i thought i saw somewhere today that someone asked him and he said no comment But like I said, maybe I maybe I was just like in a different timeline earlier today. But yeah, Yeah. the smartest thing for Baker to do at this point is to just, you know, keep posting pictures of himself on his Peloton on Instagram.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing we just wanted to touch on is, you know, as three individuals that have a podcast, we talk about Cleveland sports. The Browns obviously drives a lot of content for us. It's frustrating when you see things like this happen because there are so many really smart, really good, really talented people doing very similar things to what we're doing. And I think it's frustrating because we would die to have some of these opportunities. And it's not easy uh, to do what we do and to break through that that type of platform. And we are just really appreciative of all of the listeners that support us and choosing us to spend an hour with us each week. Mm. It means a lot. And you know, I think we would all jump at the opportunity to take over if we could.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I just want to echo what you're saying. I think it's, Cleveland is such a special, a special place because there seems to be like this, this fan base that's just so passionate and knowledgeable. And I feel for those people that are trying to break into this because i know how how tough of a job it is like i have a lot of friends that that do this and they're in and out of employment and they have to you know travel different places when really they would love to stick around in cleveland and and get some full-time job covering these teams um but unfortunately and maybe not unfortunately because you know we did this and we're having a great time doing this and people seem it seems well received we get a lot of good uh positive feedback um you know I just I feel bad for people trying to to make their way in this industry and and they can't and then you see unfortunate events like today and you're like man like I I want to hear from the people the young talented the writers and and personalities I wish they had more airtime. Um, You know, I don't want to step on any toes here. So that's what I'll say about that. But thank you to everyone who listens to us. We really appreciate it. That's right.
1: All right. We got some fun stuff, you guys. Enough of the Browns drama for the week. I'm sure there'll be more next week. We'll get into.
0: There'll probably be more tomorrow. (laughs) That's right. You know there won't be.
1: (laughs) There'll be more by the time we're done recording this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. All right. So it's Combine Week, you guys. And Uh I was laughing because... Monday night or Monday during the day the quarterback got their measurements and <laughs> hand season is officially underway and you guys
2: we Joe measured Burrow. our hands <laughs> yes, Joe Burrow <laughs> because... and Tyler Murray or Noah what was it Patrick Mahomes are in a club together of small hands that's right that's right so this all stems
1: from Joe Burrow's hands only being nine inches which apparently is small for a quarterback. And he kind of took to Twitter saying that he was going to probably have to retire from football based on his hand size, which everybody kind of jumped on. And there was a lot of commentary back and forth about, like, how silly is it that he's going to be measured based on his hand
2: size? Like, come on. What are we doing? Like a a half an inch is going to make that big of a difference. (laughs) Um, So...
0: (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> but no, you're not, Brittany. I have
1: to laugh though because in our rundown notes we had we had this comment in here, and Brittany wrote, "I really like measuring season because as the f- <laughs> because it's the first time as a lady we're not lied to about nine
0: inches," and I Ew.
1: laughed so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, sometimes I'm so funny I like make myself sweat.
2: <laughs> oh jerry's listening jerry I know. Dad. <laughs> I know. for the record i tried to get jerry on the podcast i told britney to go get him and she tried and he didn't want to so yeah well, she,
0: what had happened was meredith could hear him listening to south park in the basement <laughs> she's like is your dad is he watching rick and morty i was like i oh, don't know i'll tell him to go turn it down <laughs>
2: jerry and then i said he should come on and then he said
0: i'm a prisoner of my own house that's what he said when i went down there to tell him to turn it down
2: um not <laughs> if he comes on
1: the podcast <laughs> jerry <laughs> <are> so dramatic <laughs> we have a segment every week we can set aside
0: yes there you go
1: well guys so based on the hand measuring <clears throat> britney meredith and i were really curious before we started the show what our hand measurements clocked in at so Brittany actually put out a poll to see if twitter could guess who had the largest hand so Brittany, do you
0: have initial results i I have them ready they're ready to go we have hold on let me refresh it see if we got any more votes okay 361 votes are you ready i'm ready okay okay so at 28 percent meredith okay 32 percent brie and 40 percent me wow that's pretty oh, wow. close actually yeah i know i was shocked because like you two okay well i don't want to. you look at the three of us right now i'm like obviously i'm the tallest out of all of us and it's not even you i could fit both of you in my pockets <laughs> so the fact that people were
2: so are you I like guess it's
0: kind of I... hard to like tell on twitter though like who's what size you yeah
2: know? yeah because like i don't think that um because i think most pictures are usually like like waist up or something like that. you know there's not a lot of mm-hmm. like full body pictures on true on social media they're very like they're selfies or like mirror pics pictures or something like that so yeah it's really it's really difficult to tell how tall a person is from yes. social media unless they're like standing with other and even then that's difficult yeah uh, you know you could be like hunched over or like standing in a certain way or wearing heels so yeah it's it's always difficult to tell like how tall a person is based on social yes. media that is true all right, so the
1: results are in. The results are the in. The measurements are final. Mm-hmm. We have <laughs> Meredith clocking in at seven inches.
2: Seven whole inches. <laughs> Ooh, Meredith. That's a perfect <laughs> Followed
1: by myself at seven and a half inches.
2: Seven and a half inches. Woo! And... Brittany, she got that extra half inch. I did. A little stretch. You told me that half inch don't matter. You know what?
1: I measured my left hand, you guys. I wonder if my right hand's more flexible. I might have to redo. I'll,
2: oh, I measured my left
1: hand, too. Yeah, we'll have I to I measured my left hand, too. Okay, well. Okay, so at least, and
2: we're all right hand
1: dominant, right?
2: Yeah, I feel like okay. we'd be throwing
1: with our right hand. Yeah. So we should probably measure our right hand. <laughs> yeah,
0: so we did okay, it wrong.
1: So we'll do the official results after this, but I know you're all waiting for Brittany's measurements. <laughs> she is officially clocked in. As Joe Burrow, <laughs> <laughs> she's not quite there. She, you are what, Brittany? Eight and a half? Eight and a half. eight and a half? Yes. Man, your right I'm hand pa- might be bigger. You might be I'm nine. Pa- you might be Joe. Oh, girl, don't talk to me, like that. <laughs> Joe that <Burrow. laughs> So on a scale of zero I'm to again. <laughs> I'm sweating too. My hands are sweating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> every part of me sweating <laughs> so don't feel intimidated guys this is not gonna help me get a date by the way oh Brittany has giant man hands cool well you
2: also have like super flexible hands too Because,
0: like Rare. you said like
2: well because you sent a picture <laughs> yeah do, of, like, we, you do and, we post yeah. the pictures after
0: Maybe I yeah have to. we we have to post because we have to let them know that you know They're we're onto you
2: guys. <laughs> yes, we we know what six inches looks like.
0: So you know, no <laughs> one's ever lying to me again. Forever, <laughs> we're out there, and you're like, oh yeah, eight and a <laughs> half, dude. <laughs> oh my! God. <laughs> Do you God. want to test
2: this? Yeah, no one's dating. No one's dating it. you now, Brittany. No one's dating <laughs> you. <laughs> but yeah, like your hands look like they were literally doing the splits.
0: It's really weird. I don't know what's wrong. I'm. <laughs> You could palm a football (laughs) or dot, dot, dot. I could could palm a lot of things. (laughs) It's amazing that I wasn't a good basketball player. You'd think I'd be able to, you know, do something with that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not (laughs) the size of the prize,
0: Brittany. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just actually, between, like, the deep voice and these large hands, I, (laughs) I don't know, guys. Do we even know? Do, have you ever seen me?
2: Am I really, Is that a wig? A are you are you wearing a wig? I don't think it's a wig because there was like there was one time when we were, uh, we were not sober and I like she was wearing a hat and I like pulled it off and the hair did not come with it so I'm pretty sure the hair is real. All right, she's a woman.
0: Do <laughs> you want me to prove it? <laughs> so I put pictures of that? Too. A beastly
1: woman. I'm just kidding, Brittany. I love you. I have big hands too. You've got that extra <laughs> half inch. inch. For like, I mean, I'm five well, how foot tall one. Are you? Yeah.
2: You're, yeah, five one with this. <gasps> you're shorter than That's, me. I should, be
1: t- I should be taller than this based on my hand size.
2: I just got really excited because I'm always the shortest person in the room. I'm yeah. five two. Oh. I got an inch on you. Yeah, I'm shrinking. <laughs> little, <laughs> I just, you're like little sorry, tiny I just, people. I just got like, especially since I'm the only like female at my job, I'm like naturally the shortest. So I just get really excited when I'm no longer the shortest person in the room. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Ladies.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, so the hand season measuring actually (laughs) led me to a question of just thinking about if your employer held a combine for your particular job, what would be a silly reason they wouldn't hire you? And people responded and were like, well, that's what interviews are for. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, but... (laughs) I'm talking a, a joke. It's a joke. It's like, a joke. Let's D-o. have some fun. <laughs> boomers. <laughs> so I just,
0: Oldsters.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to read um, a couple of responses because we got a lot of really good ones and they made me laugh out loud today. So I'm going to go ahead and read these off at um, Andrew Firedhoff responded with his 5.2 second desk to copy your time would not be acceptable. <laughs> at Brownsland responded poor the poor slouching ratio that would lead to a poor word per minute typing mm. um Brittany your dad weighed in the clearing <laughs> of throat 400 times a day which I agree like that is a for sure reason not to get hired
0: you don't under, this is what he does all day <clears throat> I'm a, constantly wait, wait, I'm a
1: throat clearer too sometimes
0: oh my gosh it drives all of us insane. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he can't even. He can't even defend himself.
2: I'm no, sure. he can't. He could if he came on the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, can't okay. Be. We'll continue on at Neo Sports Wagon. Low pop culture IQ, creating social awkwardness. Which <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that response to. <laughs> All right, I like this one. At Cleveland, Phil makes the community coffee too strong.
2: Ooh, that's a reason to hire him, man. I like my coffee strong.
1: At minus Q says eats all the chocolate out of the community candy dish which that that is like me i go and i read the candy dishes at work i feel that and then finally this one probably was my absolute favorite favorite and it was actually reason to hire them this was from at cincy law and hands down winner speaking of hand sizes i think this is what started this, it all this is what started it all i i was really impressed he <laughs> can actually hit Control alt delete with one hand
0: like game changer Crazy. Drop, I mean please. I have giant hands guys it's
2: clear now and I can't come close yeah, I should like take a picture of my hand. hand on the keyboard there's uh, a K an O a P a plus sign all between my thumb and the delete <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking at it right now I'm trying to do control alt delete with my hand there's like six keys between like where I can reach <laughs> we need okay at Cincy Law show us proof yes pixar didn't happen That's exactly. right exactly
0: <laughs> all right well
1: <laughs> that wraps up our combine we people are asking us if we're going to do the 40-yard dash the cone drills like we actually might set this up yes i think we should and record it so yes, stay we absolutely tuned Absolutely should stay tuned so hand size Brittany is the clear winner unless we measure mm-hmm. our right hand and find something different
0: i'll keep you posted uh-huh. Okay, pictures coming.
2: <laughs> in case, in case you want to ask me on a date,
0: <laughs> no, you won't.
2: <laughs> Wait, does hand size correlate to dateability? Is that like, I mean, I, I that's is that why they measure the hands in the combine too? Because it's the because I think the whole point was like hand size. There's like some statistic about hand size versus dropped passes or fumbles. So is it like the same thing where it's like hand size <laughs> correlates to dateability? I mean, I could see why a man would not want to
0: date a woman with giant hands. I'm not going to elaborate. But I'm just
2: saying that. If you ever are in the same room as Joe Burrow, you should give him a high five. Just, I absolutely will. Yeah, just to just to compare. Like they like, hand twins. <laughs> yeah, just like <laughs> secretly <laughs> compare hand sizes.
0: Remember the episode of Friends when Joey found his hand twin? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that Meredith? Come on, uh, you know what I'm talking I about. I don't remember that one. Know, they're in know. Vegas, and like he finds that blackjack dealer, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's my hand twin!" <laughs> and like he just follows him around all the time. He's like, "We're gonna make millions. That's gonna be me with Joe Burrow." If <laughs> <didn't know him. laughs> he's like, hand hey, twin. I hope he has Let perfectly up.
2: manicured fingernails the way you do too. Wow, no, actually, yeah, they're painted right now. Yeah, how about that? So we have to make sure that he has the exact same shade of nail polish that you do. There you go. I'm about it. <laughs> All right. Well, should we get into some ask me
1: anythings Ask us anything. Yeah, let's anything? do this. This is a good one. Okay. You want to kick off?
0: <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. What do I want to do here? Hmm. All right, Brie. Since you being from Youngstown and this is from at The Insomnia Clee. Being from Youngstown, How did your family settle on the Browns and not the Steelers? Mm. Mm. Generation to generation, a family tradition unlike
1: any other. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my parents were Browns fans, so I grew up a Browns fan. My grandma was a Browns fan, so I I truly think it came from the family. But yeah, it's a great question because so many people from Youngstown are actually Steelers fans being right across the border. Because we are technically closer to Pittsburgh than we are Cleveland. Yes. Um, drive, a, driving distance wise. So, um, there's a lot of people that do cheer for the Steelers, but yeah, we kept it in the family and now my poor
2: kids are carrying on that tradition as well. So I have a, Aww. okay. So I have a really weird question and it's like going to be the dumbest question ever, but do you have to take toll roads to get to Pittsburgh from Youngstown? Cause you have to from Cleveland. Yes and no,
1: you can. Um, I actually work near Pittsburgh and I go, um, just the regular highway, no tolls, but there is, um, a toll route that you can take as well.
2: Okay, yeah, that was Mm -hmm. just like a ridiculous question I had, because like since my grandparents um, were in Cleveland growing up like that's, you know, spending my childhood summers here coming up and visiting any time we would drive from D.C. to Pittsburgh uh, or excuse me, D.C. to Cleveland. We always have to drive through Pittsburgh and we always had to take Pennsylvania Turnpike, then the Ohio (laughs) Turnpike, and like had to do all that just to get here. And so, you know, for me, like being in Cleveland, if I wanted to go to Pittsburgh, if I wanted to get there in like a reasonable amount of time, it would have to be toll Road. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: it's annoying. I, I actually have a funny story. though. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast growing up with my parents and the Browns because I was born in the 80s and that was when the Browns mm-hmm. were really good with Bernie Kosar and their playoff runs, the drive, the fumble, all that stuff happened in that mm-hmm. moment of time. And my parents, my sister and I were probably around I don't know, like two and five years old so young they used to rearrange our entire living room to block my sister and i out of the tv's way so they would like rearrange the couches every single weekend so that my sister and i couldn't get in front of the tv it's like they'd put like all of our toys behind the couches and like barricade us from the living room <laughs> oh my gosh have I shared that before because no. like no no now that I have children that are like right around that same age and we're watching games at home on Sunday I totally understand why they did it because every time during the game my kids are like mom I need this mom I need that mom I'm hungry I'm like just
2: shut up and let me watch <laughs> the game so here's what you do so you start to teach your kids a little bit of the fundamentals about football. And so then that way you can say, "Okay, when this is happening, you're allowed to ask for a snack. When this is happening, you're not allowed to ask yeah. for a snack." Yeah. It's actually fair. I'm trying to teach my daughter.
1: We're watching the XFL right now yes. together, and I'm trying to like teach her like the little yellow line on the screen, like they're the offense is trying to get the ball to the yellow line on the screen. So I'm trying to like explain to her those concepts. So we'll see. She'll mm. hopefully be able to start grasping that next year.
2: Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, cuz I mean, I when I was when I was younger and I was learning like hockey was the first sport that I learned about really and so like I learned about stoppage time. Like when the puck is in play, you don't, you know, you don't bother dad, you don't, you know, when we were at the arena, you don't get up to, you know, go to the bathroom or beg for popcorn or whatever, but when the puck is not in play, then you're allowed to ask for your snack or show dad your the picture that you drew of Olaf Kolzig because I was like the weird child that I was. <laughs> I, I did. I had like allowed. cartoons that I drew of the Caps goalie from the nineties. So yeah, I wasn't even allowed to breathe if Ohio State football. Oh yeah. Was. Oh my goodness. Is that why you're a Notre Dame fan? Is it? Kind is of, that you? Is that you being a rebellious teen? Is that being a rebellious kind teenager? Of. I might.
1: <laughs> I actually have another like funny story of my son. You know, because he. It will move on after this. I'm sharing way too much facts, but no, this is fun. I love this little dude is what I call him. He's four. He loves Baker Mayfield. You guys know that. Mm -hmm. But he, Mm -hmm. like, learned his numbers kind of by, like, the jerseys of, like, the players. (laughs) That's awesome. So he, yeah, so he, like, knows number six because of Baker Mayfield. And so every time, and he was three at the time, but every time he, like, saw number six, he would call it Baker Mayfield. So, of course, (gasps) being the great mom that I am, I'm rolling through McDonald's drive-thru. And he is looking at the menu, and he was like, Mom, I want a Baker Mayfield six-piece chicken nugget. (laughs)
2: okay that's awesome Uh, the baker mayfield nuggets you are doing this parenting thing already i know you're like uh, that's like the shiny you should like be an instagram mom or something and be like okay moms let me teach you how to mom (laughs) if
0: if i ever accidentally get pregnant i hope i'm half the mother you are (laughs) oh you can borrow my kids
1: anytime
0: anytime all right all right Uh, i really like this question a lot and i think it's going to be an easy answer because duh but dave lemond asked us game seven down one seven seconds
2: left which of the three of us is taking the shot i'm assuming it's basketball right yes uh i think the obvious answer is brie absolutely yeah i I no doubt really brie was like an all-star
1: okay this is a lot of pressure though i was the point guard i was like the one that dished it though you know i'd be i'd be really nervous but i really appreciate that you guys have confidence
2: in me to take the final shot I mean, I was on swim team in high school, so I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what I can offer, like unless we're like in the ocean and being chased by sharks. I don't, I know. don't know. I might be able to alley oop it up to
1: Brittany, and she could one handed slam it with her hand size.
2: All right, that is
0: true. Let's not forget about my giant hands,
2: ladies. And since Brittany's the tallest, she'll be the slam dunk. <laughs>
0: When I was in eighth grade, I played basketball for Saint Stephen. That's the school I went to, and we played against um, Saint Something in Hubbard. Brie, you know where that is? Yeah. Okay, I forget what the school Saint I, Patrick's. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what school that is. I think it is. Okay, so we played against them, and we we played a whole game. Okay we didn't score a single <laughs> oh god, point. Oh no. Not <laughs> one in four quarters. Oh it was goodness. like I think the final score was like 52 to nothing. <laughs> oh my god. Like this so is no bad. joke. That it was and like the the girl her, her their point guard, she only had one arm. And I think that you know we're in 8th grade and we're all, you know, kind of nervous about that because well, I don't want to get into it. But like you know that was a weird thing for us and you know, we, everyone wanted to play gentler, but you know, you also couldn't score. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's me going to elaborate
2: places to make excuses, like, oh no, like we were we were taking it easy. No, we were just terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think the last time I played basketball was like just pick him on the playground in elementary school, and like I've always been the shortest person in the room. So I think I was like just that person that got picked last for being like the little scrawny kid that you know, obviously couldn't do anything. So they're like, well, we need to have even numbers. So you're going to go on this team. And then I would just run up and down the court and nobody ever passed to me. They all call in Sexton B. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> How dare you. Shot I fired.
1: <laughs> well, maybe in our combine workout, we can do a shooting drill as well. We oh, my God.
0: Do, let's just do all of it. We're, it's going to be a full on competition. It's going to be the Survival best day ever. Survival of the fittest. Can we,
2: do, can we do a lifting competition? I want to. Do smoke deadlifts and and, and and bench press. <laughs>
0: uh, I will. Oh, I will lift a donut into my mouth <laughs> and Some coffee. That's my We're lift. <laughs> All
1: right, Brittany. I've got a good one for you. Hmm. At JohnnyClee15 mm-hmm. wants to know what is your father's best slash worst
0: dating advice. Oh boy. Um, his worst dating advice. He used to say this when. I was young. Um, he would s- sing this song. He was, men don't make passes at girls with big asses. <laughs> what? That's what he used to say Jerry. when I was a little girl.
2: Yeah. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> is that the best or the worst dating advice? That's the worst. Okay. <laughs> um, the best, and this is serious. I this actually if i could just get serious for a moment um he when i was living in north carolina i was dating a guy and he, i came up to ohio for a dentist appointment and i went back down um it was just a quick weekend trip to ohio I came back down and he was gone so the next day i emailed my dad and i was like dad like what's wrong with me what am i doing wrong Blah 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 and he sent me this long email And in it, he said, you know, you've spent most of your, like, you know, teens and 20s thinking of marriage as a goal, okay? And I did. Like, that was, like, a goal of mine. I want to get married. Like, because I had a mom and dad who had been married for so long, they've been married for 35 years now. So I saw this very strong foundation, and I I learned a lot about what love is and what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to feel like. So, like, to me, that was a goal. Um, But he said your goals have to be happiness and doing things, you know, with people that you love and, um, you know, exploring like different career options and just finding happiness that doesn't revolve around someone else. Um, and that was on that piece of advice changed everything for me from that moment on. I was like, okay, like I have to, it's my responsibility to rearrange my life so that I'm happy with or without someone. So kudos to Jerry Mollis for that because that was some really good dating advice that is really good advice deep Jerry yeah. I like it yeah see he's not always a monster just like 90% of the time <laughs> guys don't
2: make passes at girls with big ass <laughs> I mean my my dad had a he okay so he had a saying and this is when I definitely like got older like college age this is not something he said to me when I was high school age or younger but um When I was getting a little older and more mature, and you know, college, a little bit after college, if I was like going out on a date, and it was obvious, anytime before I left the house, he would always be like, "Sweetie, don't forget, condoms and cheap are cheap, children aren't." Oh, (laughs) that's good advice. That is, that sticks. Yeah, yeah, I can vouch for that. (laughs) Dad, I've never forgotten that. Oh, dads! dads. <laughs> girl, dads. Yeah, girl, dads. I'm still convinced that my dad would be best friends with Jerry if they ever got to meet. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm so convinced of that. <laughs> all right, um I like this question,
0: and this is for both of you guys. And <clears throat> this is from at Browns Huddle, and it said, "Would you rather the Browns go to the next four Super Bowls but lose all of them, or not make the playoffs for the next four years?" Average record 5 11, but in their fifth year, playoffs in a Super Bowl win.
1: Oh, that's tough. But, like, you yeah. got to
0: go with the Super Bowl win, right? You got to
1: suffer a little bit if you're going to. You do. If you know that the yeah. end result is a win in the Super
0: Bowl. See, I was. A, but think about how much fun. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a second. How much fun did we have when, like, the Cavs were in the playoffs? um Whether it was in 2000 seven uh you know on from there or you know back when, in 2000 you know 14 15 so that era when LeBron James came. Out. how much fun did we have as Cavs fans just having them be in the playoffs oh my God it was so nerve-wracking right like it, it was so like, nerve-wracking <gasps> that might have been my favorite time as like a Cleveland fan in general just like the Cavs being in the playoffs because if Going out anywhere downtown was just such a fun time every time that there was a game on. I, so I don't know. So I also Devil's had, advocate.
2: That's a good question. I've literally lived them both because the Washington Capitals were perpetual playoff contenders. Like, I think from like 2009 on, with the exception of, two, I think 2013 was the only year they didn't make the playoffs, but from like 2009. Uh, on they made the playoffs every single year they won the president's trophy multiple years like that's the one where you like you have the most season wins they like they've won that trophy multiple years in a row and we get knocked out in the first round or get knocked out in in the second round and it was crushing every year and it got to the point where it was like Oh great, Capitals are in the playoffs again and it was almost painful because you'd be sitting there with bated breath just waiting for the Penguins to knock them out in in the second round and not even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then 2018 when they actually won, I like I thought I was going to like die of happiness because it was like one of the greatest sports moments of my life was seeing my number one sport and my number one team win the stanley cup after so many years of heartache and heartbreak and it's it's rough so and then the nationals aren't quite the same thing because they weren't always necessarily playoff contenders and then especially this past year they weren't even projected to make it into the postseason like they were you know up until like may or something they were like one of the worst teams in baseball and then they became the best team in baseball all the way through so it's I would say that moment from like where your team is always in the playoffs and never winning was so much more painful than your team losing every single time, like being around the Browns. And then even when I was in Tennessee and being around the Titans, like no one expected them to win. So there were like these low expectations. You were never disappointed, Um, you know, with the Browns. It was the same old Browns like you didn't really expect them to go 500 or more. So it was mm-hmm. just one of those things where you went in saying like, I just want like, I just want to enjoy my Sunday, you know, yeah. and so it's for me, I'd almost say I'd prefer the perpetual losing just because it's less heartache than making the playoffs and then losing. But then again, the the Capitals and the Nationals and even you can throw the Washington Mystics in there like they all won their perspective championships and yeah the moment is i'm still taking i mean caps have like caps are no longer the reigning stanley cup champions because that was 2018 but i'm still taking victory laps on that one so i don't know like if it was before the teams made the playoffs i would say i would rather have the perpetual losing teams and i think i'm doing a 180 here but that's fine um but i think now that i've like lived the like the heartache followed by the championship I'm going for the championship because it's just like it's I mean and you guys know from the from 2016 with the Cavs making so you know what it's like to have your team win a championship. So I mean I mean in Cleveland people are literally living that both themselves where they had the Cavs win the championship and then you have the Browns that haven't sniffed the playoffs in years. So you've got that both. So what would I guess it's like what would you rather have? Would you rather have the Cavs situation or the Browns situation?
0: Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and neither. <laughs> <laughs> or the Indians, because, like, they're good, but they never win. I know.
2: It's like we are, we're living yeah. this. Like, why do we have to yeah. I know. This we is this is, every, every year. Usually, yeah, usually these types of questions are, like, the hypotheticals. Like, hypothetically, you know, what's blah, blah, yeah. blah? But this is literally not a hypothetical question, because this is exactly what Cleveland fans are living. And then the um, making making the playoffs and then never winning was the reality of washington sports fans for years and years and years until 2018 so um yeah i mean i definitely take the scenario with the playoffs at the end but if there if you're in a scenario where there's no super bowl uh stanley cup like that kind of win at the end it's less painful to have a perpetually losing team than it is to have a team that's perpetually in the playoffs and never winning
0: yeah i'm taking the super bowl
2: yeah god could you imagine what this town would look like if, no, when the Browns no. super bowl no like oh my goodness like i feel like i'd have to like i mean i'm like not quite in downtown cleveland i'm close to it but i feel like i'd have to like lock all my windows and doors and hide my cat <laughs> like... seriously <laughs> all right do you guys want one more
1: we're, i mean we went pretty long tonight yeah i think we're i think we're, we're good? done ladies good we're good we are done we had a great show another great show this week and a a lot of stuff to talk about so we'll keep the conversation going on twitter tomorrow looking forward to chatting with you all make sure that you continue to listen to us and find us on apple on stitcher and spotify make sure you rate and review us Um, five star rates leave us comments please we love interacting as always We will post our official results of our hand measurements (laughs) and hopefully add on to the combine um, over the next few weeks. So thank you guys and talk to you next week.